0: Hey guys, we're here with Turn Back the Clock, episode number eleven. I'm joined, as always, by my friend Dylan from Double D Vintage Baseball Cards. Good evening. How you doing, Dylan?
1: Very good. I love that we both did that. We did yeah. not talk about that. That was
0: not planned. I'm Nothing planned. We it. <laughs> so good. Um, we're here. So we're, here. Good. we're here. We're back. We're for another episode. In this one, this is going to be a fun one. Um, They're all fun, but this one's going to might be might be some spicy hot takes on this one. Uh, Nothing personal, but we have some strong opinions on a very specific topping, a topic which is PSA, a company called PSA, and a thing called sports card grading. And we're gonna the bulk of this episode, we're gonna talk uh, mainly about PSA and card grading, thoughts, opinions, uh, some recent videos that. Uh, got us thinking and wanted to, that led to this episode here. We were going to talk about something different tonight, but I, I changed course today. I said, you know what, let's shelve that for a future episode. Let's talk PSA because it's on my mind. Um, but before we get to that, we're going to show, as always, we show a few pickups. Uh, Dylan, you want to go first with the pickups?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, I got some really fun pickups and I got some questionable judgment pickups as well, which is kind of funny. Um You know, when you're buying cards sometimes, or me anyways, like, I don't, I don't like, I, when I go on eBay, I I literally, it's like me going to the card shop. And a lot of the times I'll have like a minute to decide. Cause I'll just be like, oh, pop on. And then randomly, oh my gosh, that card's insane. Do I, do I have time to look up comps or do I even want to look up comps? No, sometimes. And I just like go, well, this is what it's worth to me. So I got a card like that. And then, and then I have another card where I was like, oh man, I've been watching so many and and I put a huge bid in on a card that I really wanted and I missed it by like $300. And so I just like went hunting for that card after that, like full blown. And then I was putting aggressive bids in, or I guess non-aggressive, more like, like shot in the dark bids at all these cards. And I got one. But then I was, like, second-guessing myself. But anyways, I'll show those, talk about them just a little bit. Um, Let's see. uh, Where do we start? Okay, we'll start right here with an easy one. This was awesome pickup right here. Um, I'll tag where I bought this card. Uh, At the moment, it eludes me. But I got this Shane Shoebox Legends showed this card. And it's made by a guy on YouTube. And that is the original from 1975 manco set and then this is the clear um clear version which is awesome looking in the flesh so i had to get that one Easy sit, how do you up.
0: pronounce his name sit what is it Ho- oh oh okay.
1: yeah i didn't even say the guy's name Sadahara. oh
0: Sadahara Okay. <laughs> you know
1: maybe more home runs than anyone in baseball history so maybe him and josh gibson
0: and by the oh, way, yeah. that Menko set I learned about recently on a three and three with um, Zach's vintage cards. He showed a uh, he, he or he mentioned a uh, Jackie Robinson Menko card that. Started. Yes, he did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was like,
1: Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The Menko sets. Awesome. I yeah. saw that. I saw your episode and I was like, yeah, Menko. Yeah. they're like, uh, I love those cards. Um, all right. I got another pickup here. Um, you know, I watched the documentary on Netflix on Reggie Jackson and i you know of course i'm gonna go on there and buy a reggie jackson card and you guys know i have an obsession with his uh, his rookie card i mean this to me is um everything that a baseball card should be Uh, i i don't know why but since i was a kid this was untouchable um love this card and this one is so well centered and the image is really good i hunted for this after the documentary okay and I've got like eight, I think, Reggie Jackson rookie cards now, all graded fives and sixes. Yeah,
0: um, that one looks fantastic in the CSG holder with the color yeah. match. With the yellow and the yellow, looks great.
1: Yeah, and it's crystal clear. Yeah, I'm really stoked on it. Um, so I gotta sell some of those at the nationals, some of the off-center stuff. Um, all right, so here is. Oh, let me show you guys. Let me show you guys these guys. These guys are a lot. Um, this one. All right, so you know. I really am digging modern cards right now. It's kind of like, um, you know, for me, baseball cards, let me see if I can turn the light down a little bit, it's a little bright, a little aggressive.
0: There we By go. By the way, That's my, my nephew's favorite baseball player, Paul Goldschmidt. Yes.
1: Paul Goldschmidt rookie card, diamond anniversary, PSA nine. And then I also got his cognate version. Um, the reason I'm getting these cards is simply they're not that expensive. He has an incredible season and it keeps me in the present of baseball. Keeps me wanting to watch baseball, watch the stats. It's like time travel but forward. And I want them to become worth more more money in the future. So I'm really enjoying it. Now here's a card right here you guys are going to laugh at this one. This is a Wander Franco that I just picked up. This is a mini and his jersey number is five. And this one's numbered out of five. There we go. I mean, this is not like me. If you guys know me, um, this is so unlike me to get involved in, like, the hype and, like, buy it. But you know what? In all reality, uh, most cards, even Otani's, have not skyrocketed this season. Even as good as Wander Franco is playing and Shohei Otani are playing, they're not the, the cards aren't skyrocketing like they did during the pandemic. They're moving up like 4% or 10%. So I'm taking advantage of it and buying cards. The guys are playing great. And Wander Franco, I think he is going to be one of the greatest baseball players um, in this moment. I I personally think at least fun to watch. So I bought one card. It's my only card I own minus some that I have ungraded that I pulled from packs. It's number out of five, number out of his, his jersey number. I paid $300 for it. I overpaid by $100. The guy who bought the card originally um, bought it for $200 a couple months earlier. That's the one I didn't look up comps. But I don't care. I love it. I'm so stoked. Like, it is what it is. Here's another. Here Here's the big money card.
0: Oh, man.
1: Woo. I got the Reggie.
0: Oh, my God. Look at that. that know, is, that's, a, that's an all-time card right there.
1: Yeah. This is the first autograph card in an in a pack i believe um inserted in packs is the upper deck 1990 reggie jackson heroes autograph card and here's how you know they're real when you look on the back the hologram is a diamond the other ones i believe are bases so you can know if you're buying one ungraded what you're getting this one is authentic um and it's an auto 10. Now, would I rather have had one that was graded officially and had a number grade and it was, you know, I don't really care about the autograph grade, but my most important thing on that pickup was the autograph, how it looked, the, the ink, the ink color, and the ink color is really good on that. So, man, I, it, those showed up so bad on my screen. Like, so it's so hard to show cards off when you're, I don't know what it is, but those are my pickups.
0: Boom. I could see them pretty good. You, you'll have to, you'll have to show those on your own channel too, uh, in a future video, like especially the Reggie card, you should yeah, do a, a video just on the Reggie card, like a separate, a separate video.
1: <laughs> that is,
0: that is a very important key card in the hobby. It really is. Whether, you know, it gets the recognition it deserves or not. That is a, yeah, that's a, that was a groundbreaking card. Absolutely.
1: So before you move on that card, that purchase, I had been watching it for a while and Hugo mentioned it and then also brought it back to the service. And I watched the documentary um, and I collect those heroes autographs. So I, I had missed out on a, on one of his, that was the, the, the card was graded a nine, but then the autograph was authentic. And I missed that. It was, it went for like 700 something dollars. So right after that, I missed it because I bid like five something, which is kind of the going rate. and. I made an offer on this card that was, um, I think I got it for 500 or 550 And I made an offer. The guy wanted way more. But I don't know that I really am stoked on the authentic and then the autographed 10. I'd rather maybe the opposite. I don't know. I'm still out to determine. But I'm trying to get all of them. I'm trying to get the Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, um, the Nolan Ryan, I have the Johnny Bench, and Joe Morgan. So I'm going to get all of them. It's just a matter of me being patient, not jumping the gun and watching a documentary and getting all excited. I should have been more patient with the Reggie, but yeah. oh, well, I got it now. You got, got it.
0: Been... you got it. You got it now. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm actually someone who, uh, because on those type of cards, the cart, it w- we're going to talk grading in this episode, but the grade on those cards is kind of meaningless to me, right? It's authentic. As long as it, you know it's authentic. I'm fine with an authentic on the auto, especially if you could save some money. Because who cares what the, unless, it, I mean, if it's a 10, 10, of course, you know, it's a premium, but even, you know, at, at, at a certain point, it doesn't really matter what the grade is because it's all about the auto on that card really in that it's authentic. So,
1: yeah, I agree. But my mind has to make my, mind you're, you have to come up with your own, like you have to be okay with it. Right. And I'm still yes. like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still struggling with the whole, the cards authentic and the autographs of 10. I'm almost like, Hmm, do I need a great number? What an idiot, right? <laughs> Whatever. My You'll probably get another
0: one at some it. point. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. All right. All right, Adam. Let's do
0: so, it. Let me go solo here. I got four pickups. Uh, this one technically is uh, – this was a card I got graded. I show this one first because when we're recording this, the, my Celtics just won game six on the road in Philadelphia, and they now they've forced the game seven. Huge win. So I figured I'd show a, a Larry Bird card that I – Got back pretty recently from SGC. And this is, uh, check out the jumbo patch on this card. This is a uh, Larry Bird 2004 Exquisite Collection um, numbered to 25 SGC 9 uh, with a huge jumbo game use patch of Larry Bird myself. Awesome. Yeah, so this was, I, um, I. I pretty much what I've decided I'm doing with my graded cards is Um, I'm pretty much going PSA for just about everything other than cards like these. Like, I like how the thicker, uh, you know, memorabilia cards look in the SGC holders. And I like how they grade them. I I feel like they grade them a little more fairly and, and and so forth. So, um, I've decided I go, when I grade cards like this, I'm going to go SGC. And And is that
1: uh, one numbered?
0: Yeah, it's, it's number three out of 25.
1: And that's the greatest thing about SGC is they put the number of the card on the label. Yep. I mean that, that, I don't know how PSA doesn't do that. I do that on my own grading. You put the number of it on the label.
0: Right. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yep. So just a great looking card there. Uh, And then, you know, I I realized uh, I I was missing some, some key uh, Mickey Mantle playing days uh, combo leaders cards so yes. I picked up this one here, 1963 batting leaders PSA six. Um, didn't have this one, not it just kind of slipped by, and uh, I figured I needed it in my collection, so got this one here. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like the floating heads. I love the floating heads. I love the the design of this card. Love the floating heads. So just my uh, opinion there, but you well. know
1: me, I, I'm obsessed with those floating heads, and yep. and and. You know, we won't break the count out of the bag, but we're going to have some floating heads. Cool card coming up at some point. Yeah. Talk yeah.
0: about that later. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two more real quick. Uh, got a nice, uh, shiny 99 Pedro. Pedro Martinez, uh, Tops Chrome All-Etch Refractor. Very, very cool looking card. Shiny. Look at that. Boom. And a PSA 10 on this one. And then I got my last one here is 2002 Topps Chrome uh, cool insert set Own the game. Tom Brady um, PSA 10 here. So just a just a cool looking design on this card. So got that one here. And that's it for my pickups. Awesome. For this week. Um, All right. So the meat and potatoes here of the episode, we're going to talk PSA card grading. Now, before we get into that, uh, I just want to preface this with. Uh, I know you You have a lot, of, you have a huge collection. You have, I don't know, probably, I mean, how many cards would you say you have in your collection total? Oh, like 100,000 or like, like like how I many? Mean,
1: are you talking you... graded or ungraded?
0: I'll give you a total, total, total. yeah, I mean, 40,000,
1: yeah, 40,000.
0: 40, 40, okay. 40, so the bulk of those would obviously be raw cards, ungraded, unslabbed cards. Now, with me, I am pretty much exclusively now, at this point, uh, a graded card collector. I like slabs. I like the cards. It it, it just fits the way I want to collect right now. I have nothing against uh, people who don't grade cards or don't collect slab cards. Uh, It's all fine with me. It's just another way to collect. Uh, But me, I I have about 500 graded cards, slab cards, and that's it. All the raw cards that I have, I've either... Given away, or or uh, I got a few boxes that I'll eventually give away, or maybe I'll sell, or or whatever. But my my plan moving forward is just I just want consistency. You know, a lot of people, you know, the mind of a collector. You want to have all your cards a certain way, whether you like them all in one touches, if you don't do graded cards or top loaders or whatever. I just like my cards in in slabs. I just like them like this. I like the way they look. I, I like the label on them. I like the way it describes the card. I just like everything about slab cards, and that's basically what I collect exclusively. So clearly, I'm going to be, uh, I guess, biased, right? Like my my opinion on PSA and card grading, and if it's good for the hobby. Um, I, I I personally really like graded cards. That's why I collect them at this point, pretty much exclusively. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there first. You're a little different. You have, you know, you're more of a um, you know wide variety collector. You have pretty much everything. Some of everything. Me, I'm just only graded cards. So take that with a grain of salt when you hear some of the opinions in this, but um, I'm, everything's not going to be roses though. I have some criticisms too, for card grading and PSA that I want to mention as well as some, some positive aspects, but I want to throw it to you first. Do you uh, go anywhere you want with this? Uh, how we, how we arrived at this topic or anything you want to say, and then I'll jump in after that. All uh,
1: right, this is great. Well, okay. So first and foremost, how we arrived to coming to this topic was, uh, I had watched a video about on Theo Clemente card Collector. He's a friend of ours. Um, Adam had on a show recently for a couple episodes. Um, I'm on a text thread with him with multiple friends in the hobby. And he made a video, I guess you call it a video a rant about PSA and that was based off a video from, do you remember the guy's name?
0: Yeah, well, the channel, the um, channel I like, I watch Midlife Crisis Mid- Cards, I believe. Midlife Crisis Cards. Yes. Okay.
1: So it was based off of his video of a PSA submission that he did, where he got grades that he did not think were correct. So he thought his grades that he got back, he got like a two back from that was a Wee Reese that looked stunning, and it was a. It came back as a two. He thought it was going to be a four or a five. Um. So. Theo's video was the one I watched. I also watched Midlife Crisis Cards um, video as well later. Um, but I watched Theo's and that and I texted Adam and I go, oh man, uh I go, dude, this is this is awesome video right here. You gotta watch this. It's really fun to get Theo's take on this. And then he's like, dude, we should talk about the PSA thing, because we all have different opinions about it. And and I happen to get a PSA order back this last week. And it was twenty-one cards, and twenty of them were the exact same. They're all Otani rookies from 2018 or what is it? Yeah, 2018 Bowman right here. And I got and I sent these off. Um so it's such a perfect it was such a perfect topic and how it came up. And just like the thoughts of Theo's were that you should never send your cards to PSA because they're way too strict and, and they're all over the place. Okay. Well, I don't want to put words in Theo's mouth. Let me just make a caveat right now. Caveat right now is this is all our own opinions. This is my opinions. This is Adam's opinions and this isn't a, a rant or a, um, a talking negative on a fellow friends or any person's video. This is our opinions. And this is watching their videos, forming our own opinions over the years on these grading companies and specifically PSA and our experiences in them. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm knocking Theo's video or Midlife Crisis' videos or anyone's videos. This is just like, hey, this is a good topic. It makes sense. So I happen to send in 21 cards to PSA. Um, and one was a vintage... Ricky Henderson card, which actually came back mid, want to put it on solo really fast? Yep. So this one right here came back as mid-size or minimum size. I didn't say, I didn't even know. It was my first doing, first time ever doing a PSA solo um, send off, just myself, without me sending it to somebody else or a company. So this thing came back and I graded this a nine and I, it was cherry. So I think it still looks like a nine. And I think it still would be if it wasn't minimum size. What's funny is I bought this card for 10 cents. Uh, oh, wait, this is a dollar card. I bought this for a dollar at my local card shop this week. And I checked the sizes, okay? And this card is actually bigger than this card. So it blew, <laughs> it blew my mind. <laughs> so PSA is not perfect. And there's no way, I'd had this card in my collection forever. There's no way that someone trimmed this card. There's no way that someone would have ever trimmed this card. This card was worth nothing two years ago. This card was worth $2 two years ago, guaranteed. Been in my collection for a long time, but it was worth nothing. Now, if you get it graded in a nine, you're like 50 bucks. Um, so I'm like, yeah, it's worth getting graded. It's a beautiful card. It's one of my favorite cards of Ricky Anderson. But since I got this the other day for a dollar and I matched them, so there's definitely things wrong with the system, but I respect the system of PSAs because you know what? Boom. This is what they gave it. I'm going to send this to SGC. It's worth $20 for me to try and see what they deem it because this card that I guarantee, as well as not trimmed, is in a dollar bin, just like sitting there and it's all it's got it's got color distortion. No one trimmed this. This is in somebody's collection is smaller than this one. So it's gonna be fun to see what happens with the PSA thing. But with all that said, I graded all my all of these. So if you wanna put me on solo for one second, you see these and then more. I just can't grab them all at once. These are all tawny rookie cards. I have one stack of PSA tens that came back, five of them. And I texted you, Adam, that I said I guarantee you that I have five. I think I might've said six because one was a 9.5. So I kind of put that in the middle, but I, I guaranteed you in a text that I had five gem tens.
0: You did before
1: I sent these in, right? Yes, you did. And I said the rest were PSA nines and look at this stack right here. You don't want to zoom in. Those are all PSA nines. The only one I was wrong on was one PSA eight. I got one PSA eight. So I got, all the tens I was expecting and all the nines I was expecting minus one so I was 99% accurate so first and foremost to my own horn I was really pleased with the fact that I graded these cards accurately and consistently and I used this right here I used this loop that um, Orlando showed off it has a light right here and it also has another green light All I did was zoom in on all of the edges and the corners. The surface is very easy to tell if something's wrong with it. I have different lights set up. You Just shine it around, just like vintage cards. You can tell if something's wrong with the surface. I think they're only using these at PSA just for the corners and the edges because you're probably not going to want to stroke this around the surface of cards, even if it's in a, a sleeve. I don't think you don't need to unless they need further if they see something in the light, you can really see the surface by moving a card around. You can see stains, wax stains. You can see um, different ink colors. But worst case scenario, if they have a question about it, they can use their magnification, however they do it. But I was really proud of myself for grading them, first and foremost. I spent about a minute to two minutes on each card, like PSA, but I cleaned them with a dry wrap because they had like a smoke. Like, they, they were from the pit, which I had at, I had them stored in a vault. Um, if you guys are familiar with the pit, it's been around for, like, 15 years. I used to... 20 years, probably. I had cards on there, and I bought these for $1.50 each. All these Otani cards are $1.50 each. I had them, I had them when he got hurt, and nobody wanted his cards. So I bought a whole bunch of Otani cards back then. So these are from that. I never thought I'd actually get them graded. But since joining YouTube and learning about things, I decided... You know, I'm going to take my shot studying. And what I did is I studied my PSA 9s and 10s that I already have in existence. And I went on PSA's website and I looked at their criteria for their grading scale. I was really precise and I was really picky. I pretended like these were not my cards. Um, And I went in and I looked at all my 9s and 10s, not all of them, but most of them, a lot of them. And I saw that some of the 9s, I will give this. Some of the 10s, I had two in my whole collection that probably should not be 10s. But I didn't have any 9s that I thought should be 10s based off of their grading scale and what they say and me looking through the scope, which was cool. It was a cool finding, sidetrack. But with these cards, this collection here, I aced it, and I was really happy with PSA because they got every single one exactly how I graded it. Now... This is one time that I've done this, and it was all the same card. I don't know if that makes it even more difficult or less difficult or what have you. Um, I didn't measure centering. I eyeballed centering. It's pretty easy to see centering on cards, and, and nines can be off-centered. Tens can be off-centered, and I'm okay with the PSA tens being off-centered. It's only a minimal they're allowed to be off-centered. At least they show you and they tell you what they're going to be. So. The approach to this video and this whole concept was they were upset with the cards that they got back and and, and Theo was upset that they just grade way too strictly and, and, and maybe more just all over the place. Well, for my order, they were exactly what I predicted. I literally, to the T, these were all 9s, these were all 10s. If I were to send them to SGC, I would have had another about 7 9.5s. Because I graded seven 9.5s, and there was one that was so iffy that I thought could be a 10 or a 9. Now with PSA, I was hoping that I was gonna get more tens. Don't get me wrong. I wanted them to up these to the 9.5s to a 10, but I didn't think they would be. I thought they would be nines that they deserved. So with that said, without going too crazy, because I'll get another another thought going shortly, I I love PSA. I love their service, and I think they tell you how they grade their cards and they're very upfront about that on their website. Now yeah, you can't talk to anyone in the flesh, but I think if you look for your scope, you do your due diligence, um, these aren't vintage cards that I sent in. I think you can I think they are fair and, and I'm happy with their service. and I think that people aren't seeing what they should be seeing in the cards that they own that they send off or regrade. They are not looking at them thoroughly enough like a grader, and they're not using the right lighting and or magnification and yes there's going to be exceptions to that rule of course so give her you know that that's kind of my two cents at the moment and i and we can get into why we love grading after that but
0: there there, there you go there's yep. my reveal i the love lighting. it and, and um the larger point on that that i, I take away from that too is and i I've, I've said this before one of my first videos i i talked about psa and You know, I talked about how um, they grade the invisible, you know, they 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 factor in the invisible. Right. So if you just look at a card with the human eye, uh, you can't see everything they're factoring in to their grade. Now, you could argue, should they grade that way or shouldn't they grade that way? You could have opinions different. Like, I don't care about the invisible. Right. Like if, if a card has scratches that you can only see under a loop or a magnification. It doesn't matter to me. Right. But I understand why PSA would ding that grade because of that. Um, you know, should they grade more on I appeal versus technical grading? Again, all opinions. Right. But the fact of the matter is they post their grading standards right on their website, And you do have to factor that in. You have to it, you know, you really it's it becomes very difficult to like, you know, kind of say, oh, I don't know why I got this. If you aren't looking at your cards under magnification, because it's a whole different ballgame, um, and I don't think everyone does that. I know when I, I when I first did grading, I didn't know I didn't know everything that went into it. I didn't know that PSA looks at cards under that type of magnification. And again, eye appeal is completely different from a technical grade. So a card that might look like a five grades a three or looks like a six grades a four maybe because of something that the human eye can't see and PSA is looking at it through that now with your loop there I like you said you I remember when you said you got it because uh, Orlando from a collector's dream uh, gave you the basically gave you the loop that he's using and you bought one do you mind sharing what that is or I could even we could even put a link to uh, I don't know or whatever wherever you bought yeah. it or something like that for people that
1: we can put a link we can put a okay. link I, I don't know I um, can't really read the name of it so
0: We'll put a link and, and we I don't get paid. A link, but I'll put
1: a link.
0: <laughs> it's not an affiliate link. So don't worry. We're not selling loops here, but we, I just feel like, you know, for people that it, 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 it becomes hard to it's, it's tough to complain when you're not looking at your cards under magnification. I never do. Right. So, but that's kind of why, like when I send in cards, if I get an eight that I thought was a 10, I just kind of say, Oh, it's probably, it must be just something that, that I didn't look at. I can't see with the human eye. So I think that is a huge thing that, a lot of people know that, but there are definitely a lot of people that are new to grading and and don't under fully understand what goes into the actual grade that they give back. So that is that's a huge factor you gotta consider. To the point again, though, I only care about what I can see, right? So that's why I would like vintage cards. You always hear eye appeal. That's what it's all about, right? It's it's cards that might be a three that you think look like a six, and you save money. But when it comes to submitting cards for grading, yeah, you really gotta you gotta look at. Like Dylan was saying, you got to look at the the unseen with the eye, you know, that you can only see with that loop there, because that. Well, let that me let me just,
1: let me jump in really fast. Yeah. So it's funny because you say you, you and me, you know, you you only care of what the card actually looks like. I will not go that far. I will go that far with vintage, but modern cards. Oh, yeah. I know you don't feel this way either.
0: No, no, not with a yeah.
1: nine and a ten, eight nine and tens, at least nines and tens, but eight nines and tens look literally identical to the naked eye on modern cards they look identical yes um, there's not big jumps like vintage is such a it's a different world so yeah. just so people just so, so we clarify i know you don't feel that way because you collect tens a lot oh yeah yeah and then that
0: that's a good point i was talking about eye appeal and, and yes. stuff like that with vintage cards because i believe uh, about- in midlife crisis is a uh, card video they were most i think they were all vintage cards so yes. that's kind of where that came from but yeah 100 with you know some modern cards if they got a border you know you can see oh that got a nine because it's off-centered or whatever but to your point most modern cards they look the same and eight looks like a look like it looks like a 10 to the naked eye so um yes great point there uh let me ask you before we go further on that let's let's first go with like what do why do we like graded cards do like because there's the other the other thing aside from theo's video and in the video that inspired his video um i've seen a ton of videos and more so even comments on other people's videos from youtubers and people that watch videos about how grading's a scam and grading has ruined the hobby and i i saw one today uh you know of someone saying they don't understand why people grade their childhood collection like what like why would you like I've done, right? Like I've taken a, a Larry Bird card that I had from when I was a kid and I sent it into PSA and graded it. Like it, it's not worth a lot of money. It's worth 50 bucks or whatever, but but they don't understand why do, or at least why do I grade a card like that? And my answer is because I like graded cards. That's what I collect. I like the end product. Uh, you could co- say I'm not, a, I'm not a true collector or I'm not a true sports card collector or whatever. Because of that, that's your opinion. That's fine. But for me, the end product is the graded card. That's just the way I collect. There's a lot of people like me out there too. So um, that's why I grade them. You know, it, obviously it preserves the card. Uh, all that stuff protects the card, but you could preserve and protect without grading it. Uh, but for me, I just like the end product. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to make any excuses. That's just, that's just me. Um, so we grade cards. It's not for money, right? I didn't grade that my uh, 1990 Larry Bird card because I want to sell it and, and increase the value of the card. Uh, maybe someday I'll sell it, but it's never going to be worth a lot of money regardless. So I just grade certain cards. Cause I just, I like them that way. Uh, I know for some people that's hard to understand, but I'm just being honest. And that's truthfully why I grade certain cards is just to keep them in a certain consistency. I have all my cards graded in slabs. Uh, I've even sent some cards in and I requested, I'm going to do a, a video on this someday on why, but. I specifically requested cards not to be graded. I just want them slabbed up and authenticated because I wanted the cards in a slab. And I, there's, a, there's a reason why I didn't want to grade on them. It's just because I, I want them in that form. I like them in great. I like them in slabs. And that, that, that's, you know, that was a lot there, but what, what are your thoughts on as far as like, is grading bad for the hobby? Like why, why would you say it's not <laughs> bad for the hobby? <laughs> Dude, I is you
1: guys, if anyone, anyone out there knows me, I mean, this is like the greatest conversation for me because we talked about this too. I mean, to me, it, like you said it perfectly in a text. If there were no graded cards, you wouldn't be collecting cards. Now, everyone else, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like I have there is people out there that would really be upset with me saying that, but I agree. And let me tell you why. I love baseball cards. I love commons ungraded. I love everything about baseball cards. But what I learned from a childhood was cards are worth money. And I learned that because of the Beckett's and not just Beckett way be pre Beckett's. um, I learned that all the way along. I learned what a value of a card is. I learned from my parents, what a value of a dollar was. Cards were worth something to me since the second I opened a pack. Okay, a Jose Canseco Ricky card was $2.50. That's what it was worth. And that plays a huge part in my collecting aspect. If I only collected cards for zero value, then I would def, you know, even then, I can't even say I definitely go ungraded because graded cards play a part in, in the capsulation and, and the label they put up there. It's, it's beautiful and they look really good. But I love graded cards because it brings a value and it brings a fairness to collecting cards. I could be, It could be the very first baseball card I ever purchased in my life, and I'm on the same playing field as the guy who's been collecting for 45 years. I don't have to second guess. I don't have to bring a magnifying glass out. I don't have to ask 500 questions. Is this real? Is this a photocopy? No, I can go on eBay. I can go to the card show and buy a PSA 7, look up comps if you're a comp guy and purchase that card for the for the same price that I'm gonna purchase the card for if you've never collected a card in your life to me I've said it before it's the great equalizer and when I started going full in on vintage is when graded cards happening and that was around nine nine I, I don't know when that is but when I started buying graded cards is around 97 98 and it was when I started my eBay and it was funny because I didn't realize. I, I I thought it through after I saw uh, somebody else did a video and they're saying when they started their 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 eBay, and my eBay says I started in two thousand and one, I think. And I'm like, no, 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 I was selling cards on eBay in high school. I forgot that my eBay account got hacked and I changed eBay and I literally just clicked. So, so for me, bring it all the way back. Graded cards to me is is it, it got me collecting. As an adult, it kept me in the hobby through high school. It, in, before high school, I was still buying un, ungraded stuff and collecting it. But the second graded stuff came in in high school, it was, it was on. Vintage was on because I never was able to buy vintage cards, real high-dollar-value vintage cards with a peace of mind. So I never did. No one talked to me about cards. No one gave me a schooling on vintage cards. Not my local card shop who I walked into every week no one talked to me. No one was nice to me on that aspect. No one said, set me down and say, this is what you, you need to see print dots. You need to see this, whatever. Graded cards are the reason I collect baseball cards to this day. And that I, I love graded cards. I love it. I love the aspect of their worth money. They have a dollars assigned value to them, you know, give or take. Um, It's just an exciting way to do it. And going back to the PSA slabs and the SGC slabs, the slab in itself, it does not blow my mind when someone wants to grade a card for twenty dollars and it's their personal card from their childhood and it's protected, which is like funny to say, but who cares? Because you could buy a protection sleeve for cheaper. But a a one touch costs about four bucks, five bucks at your local card shop. You buy them online cheaper, but local card shop return to support. A one touch is five bucks this is was ten dollars to get graded in the day right in the normal day 20 now but you could buy these cards for five ten bucks graded and you have the label you have the to me graded cards are, are are just phenomenal I love the aspect I don't care if you're upset about this because the caveat is we all collect our own ways we well, almost,
0: let me, let me ask you so the i hear this a lot that you know great card grading has made the hobby all about money and it's it's ruined the hobby um so for someone who doesn't do grading doesn't submit cards doesn't buy graded cards um how how does guys like us who like me particularly only i only deal with graded cards pretty much i'll buy a raw card if i intend to grade it or whatever how am i hurt how am i affecting that person um like uh, how do I like because they could operate still like I'm not making them collect graded cards right or like so how do I, I have a hard time connecting the dot as far as like how is card grading not allowing someone who doesn't want to do anything with card grading to to do you know to to stay in that lane like that no one's no one's forcing anyone to grade cards right or am I wrong? Adam
1: Adam the exact best question i ever heard the exact opposite is what people should be talking about. People who collect ungraded cards, raw cards should be praising the fact that we have graded cards because raw cards, one Mickey Mantle from 1957, when I was 12 years old, was worth X. You could buy the same Mickey Mantle card for the same price today in a raw version that is dinged up because of the fact that a PSA 7 is worth so much more. It makes ungraded cards worth less. So a collector who's just collecting ungraded cards should be so stoked because now they have the option of buying these raw cards for the same price as they would when they were a kid. Because when we were a kid, we weren't taught that that uh, that cards were supposed to be perfectly centered, perfect eye appeal. No, we were. We would buy a Mickey Mantle in 1950, say it was just a Mickey Mantle in 1955, we'd, in the Beckett, we'd look and be like, this 1955 is worth $300. You could buy a mc 1955 for 300 today because of grading because you could buy a one you could buy an ungraded version or you could buy a one and you can crack it out you can you can save money in this in this hobby today because of grading you could be crazy and go for the huge eights and spend all the money in the world the rich people do but that's not the world that us most us normal humans play in we all play in different worlds but there's a there's a limit to what I would spend on a on a grade like it, it, there's it, it's ridiculous for grading is the greatest thing in my opinion to ever ha- ever happen to collecting if there was no grading there be there would be a quarter of the amount of collectors there are today and uh, how would you tell what a 1956 tops Ted Williams card was worth I only if you are so deep entrenched in the hobby would you know what one to pick out. But now with grading, well, I could get a one for the same price that I could have got. I could have got a Ted Williams card for when I was ten years old. Thank you grading because I can get a one that looks good. So that's kind of that's like my two cents right there. I wanted to say those words for so long, but it takes a while to like really express yourself on here and like be honest.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't think we're saying um, the grading industry uh, of the hobby or PSA in particular are perfect. Far from it. Like. It's a, first of all, it's, it's impossible to be perfect at this point in time. At it, it's such, a, it's a subjective thing. It's an opinion. It's, a, but I think it's important to have third parties. Now you could say they're biased, or um, you know, they've changed. They haven't changed their grading scale, PSA, but maybe they're enforcing it a little differently. You know, so you could debate that all you want. Um, but I think on a negative side, I will say one of the things that I really feel would put at least some of this to bed for PSA would be to offer an option. I've said this before, because I like to at least throw out like potential solutions or whatever, or be somewhat constructive, Uh, would be to offer an option and you could charge more for it, right? So it's not something you have to do, but to offer an option of getting some sort of a report with your grades, right? So, okay, here's why your card got a a three instead of a five. Uh, And obviously it's more work for the grading companies to do that, but they could charge more. And then- For people that want to go on YouTube and say, how the hell did I get these grades? Well, you should have paid for the, if if you should have paid for the report and then you would have known. Uh, So, and if you did pay for the report, you have your answer. Here's why, (laughs) here's why I got it because under magnification, you got a stain here or whatever. Um, I think if they did offer that option and it it doesn't have to be like totally like uh, an elaborate 10 page report, it could just be something where you pull the card up on the PSA's website. And it shows a couple pictures or, you know, shows some uh, some pictures on why it got a certain grade. I I think that would be something a lot of people would probably pay for. But at least at the very least, PSA could free themselves up and say, at least we are giving you the option to pay for some feedback, because I mean, think about this. If let's say there was no card grading, but the idea was out there, right? Like, oh, there's going to be these companies starting up that are going to grade your cards. What would you say if they were saying, "Yeah, we you send us your cards, and we just send them back with a number grade, with no description, no reason for why it got the grade"? We'd probably say, eh, "That sounds. I don't know about that. That that sounds kind of crazy. You got to give. You're not going to give us at least a report." I mean, I think we've kind of gotten used to it, right? And PSA is a monopoly in some form, so um, I think they don't have to do it. They don't. They're, they're grading a million cards a month, right? So they don't have to do anything. They're <laughs> they're getting the business, but I think long term, if they did come up with that option of, "Hey, we'll give you some more feedback. Um, you got to pay a little more. It's a higher level or whatever." I think that would probably put some of this stuff to bed. I don't know. What do you think on that?
1: Well, okay. So, real quick, this is this is Beckett's time. This, if what you're saying, this is Beckett's time. Like, um, man, I I don't I don't remember his name. Uh, Midlife crisis cards.
0: Yeah, yep.
1: Okay. Midlife crisis cards his best experiment right now in the world would be crack those things open send them to Beckett let them put the subgrades on let them come back and see what the heck did they see wrong with the cards I would assume they'd be coming back at you know BVG is always one two grades ahead but you get I get what where you're going with this is Beckett has the subgrades so that is your um that tells you. So if you get a one on surface and you, you were like, why the heck did this thing, because there's a, somebody put a pen mark on it, like a dot, they found it, you know, like at least it tells you where to look. And I the subgrades are cool for that. I don't care about the subgrades. I don't need it. I'm not advocating for them, but that's a great experiment. If you would, if somebody would fund that, cut those things out, send it to Beckett. Let's see what they come back and then you'll have a report of four different things uh you know edges surface all that stuff that they they have the subgrades on it'd be really fun to see because how how would they grade them versus the psa when people send these things to psa and then they they get all all you know butt hurt on their grades are coming back. Well, to me i just go you didn't look at the card properly because i've been collecting graded cards for 20 something years just because I haven't sent a million cards in, i I can see differences in cards, even though I'm I didn't see centering like I do now. But I knew what was nice looking and what wasn't looking as far as corners and stuff by the naked eye. So I I, I don't also don't fall prey to the fact that the old PSA slabs are worthless. Um there is plenty of cards that were graded back in the day that are that would grade just as high now if not higher or whatever like they're i'm just the advocate is like don't just be stuck on these new psa slabs just because everyone thinks they've gotten harder they say they have not and their their system says they have not we could literally be looking at slabs and seeing the new emblem and literally judging them differently and i find myself doing that and i am not i'm not a, i don't think i'm alone in that a new nice looking slab makes the card look better i have a seven right here that looks like absolutely unbelievable and under a microscope it's a robin young old slab and i have like four of these they all look they're all old slab sevens that would definitely be sevens today now yeah i could crack them over seven to sevens, but that'd be that'd be ridiculous but i they look stunning they look just as good if not better than the sevens that i'm trying to buy now so um All right. Well, that's
0: where I'm at with that. So doing it this way, uh, it's just a fun way for me to do it. And card grading creates a chase for cards that there would be no chase for, for me. Uh, I don't, I'm not someone who only collects the rare and scarce from a hundred years ago. Right. So I get that like, Hey, just getting one of those cards, whether it's graded or not, or, or whatever, like that's a chase finding one of those cards. Uh, one of those Ty Cobbs that there's four of in the world or five or 10, whatever. Um, That's a chase, right? You, there's an inherent chase in those cards. They don't need to be graded to, for like, there's just few of them out there, right. To find. Um, But for a lot of the cards that I collect, you know, 1980s cards of Larry Bird, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of them out there that they made, but I can create a fun little world and chase for me uh, by, by doing grading, by looking for PSA tens, um, by trying to grade cards that I think might grade a 10 and it's a fun, it creates more fun for me. Otherwise I could literally buy all the Larry bird cards for a dollar off of eBay and I'd be done in it. You know? So it, uh, I think it comes back to do you question for you? Do you think there's people out there, whether they're on YouTube or whatever people in the hobby that don't want to see the hobby grow that, they, that, they don't want to see new people come in. They don't want things to change. They want it to actually get smaller. They want the grading companies. Like, do you think there's actually people – everyone says that, like, I want the hobby to grow. But do you think there's actually people that don't want the hobby to grow? I mean, of
1: course. Of course there's people who want who don't want the hobby to grow. But I think a lot of people want their cards to be worth more money in the future. Yeah. I think that would be 90% of us collectors throwing a random number out there.
0: I'm going I'm, to give a correction. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, no, because – you might not care. You might not care. But if you were given the choice, do yes. you want your cards to be worth more or less? 100% given a lie detector test would say more. <laughs> Let's face it. Come on. How about that? And how about this? Let me add this too.
1: There's a lot of collectors out there that collect ungraded stuff and even crap their stuff out and get it in, and keep it in their collection ungraded. It's, it's awesome that they love that. I don't look down on their collection and I don't look up on guys who just collect giant eights and nines. I don't care. If you're collecting cards, you have your, your reasons. But I will say this. When they die, when that collector dies, someone's going to get those cards graded. Someone's going to be in charge of getting all those cards that they cracked out or have graded uh, or or have raw. I mean, will they're going to get them graded and sell them. So grading is never going anywhere. And, it, and to me, it is literally just like, it, it makes it makes your collection like a museum, and it, and it gives it value, and it gives it, um, I don't want to say purpose, but to me, it just, um, I'd love to know what my cards are worth, and to me, I can look up exactly what a card's worth and not have to guess like a Beckett, where every 1956 Tops, Ted Williams, when I was 12 years old, was worth $300. Didn't matter if it was folded in half or if it was perfectly sharp. It was worth $300. You know, only the select guys who were, like, in the industry who really talked to each other knew that the cards that were in a really good condition were worth more. So grading, to me, is is an awesome thing, and I, and I know it's going to be around forever, and there's zero doubt about it. And all the guys that have their cards that are ungraded, they will probably be graded one day by a future relative, which, which is funny to think about.
0: I think the hardest thing for me is understanding where there's a lot I see way more negative sentiment towards graded card collectors than like graded card collectors looking down on raw card collectors. I see almost honestly, I see almost none of that, at least the the videos I watch and the comments and so forth. I don't I mean, I don't see like graded card collectors going like, oh, your cards are crap. They're not even graded or like, but I see a lot of the other where it's like there's a lot of other people. Let's be honest that want to make people who are into card grading feel bad or feel like they're doing something stupid or something wrong. Or why are you doing the PSA set registry? What's the point? Like, there's a lot of that. And um, I don't, I think that's bad for the hobby. You want to talk what's bad for the hobby. I think it's people that are very judgmental and I'll just leave it at that.
1: (laughs) Well said. I mean, judgment, being judgmental as a human is, is not good period. I mean, right. Nothing good about that. Um, So, Adam, with all that said, I'll give my little caveat. You gave a good one before we were talking and while we're going. Our opinions are based off of our collections, our collecting experience in the hobby. They are entitled to, I am a curator. Um, I think John Newman said it well. He said something on the aspect of, you are, you know, you're the curator of your own museum. You have your own collection to worry about. When you hear other people talking about how their advice and their opinions, you need to run it through your own brain and spit out what you want to accomplish in this hobby. Is it this? Is it that? And I'm all we're doing, all I'm doing is expressing my thoughts and letting you guys know how I feel about my collection and my collecting experience. And there's no wrong way. Um, as long as you're an honest human being, you're not stealing from people. There's no honest way to collect cards and to do it. So I just think that it's fun to express myself and let my thoughts be out in the universe. And so anyone who comments back and is really upset or says the exact opposite, I'm not ready to get into a text battle. I'll probably just like it, heart it, or say, I take your opinion. Great. It's going in my brain. I'll run it through my brain. I'm not going to get into text battle with anyone. Um, it's very hard to communicate over texts and or messages. Um, and I'm telling you now, I don't care how you collect your cards. I want to express myself. And I'm telling you how I collect cards. So These are my thoughts. So there's my caveat. Your turn. We,
0: we don't care about how you collect cards, but we care about you. And, and that, that is, that's a key here, right? Like all these... We talked about Theo's video. We talked about midlife crisis. We talked, uh, uh, I haven't mentioned, but John Mangini's made some videos lately about card grading. And I just watched one before we popped on here about, you know, hes he, I can tell John's John's a little fed up with some things on YouTube and with the hobby. And I, w- I was there last week myself. Last week, I uh, was getting, my feed was filled with card trimming videos and making pe- feel, people feel stupid for buying sports cards. Uh, and taking personal shots at people, talking about people's families and their wives and making fun of them. And I, like that I, could, I, I couldn't get out of it. Like, I, and I clicked on a few of them. I watched them, and I just felt bad after. I felt bad about the, my card collection. I felt bad about the hobby worse than I did before I was in obscurity. When I collected not knowing anyone, I felt better than I did that day. But you know what? I realized that what I needed to do was to talk with people like you again. I need... I think the, the, the way out of that is to pop on a StreamYard. It's free. Get on StreamYard. Find one of your friends on YouTube or in the hobby. And even if you don't record it, just pop on there and talk about what you love about sports, what you love about cards, what you love about the players, past memories. And that will take you back. And I personally, I'm telling you, man, I had to scrub my YouTube feed of all. It still keeps hitting me, right? But I, I'm trying to scrub it of all the, the crap that's out there. Honestly, the, the gossip and the just stuff, the videos that, that you think, oh, what, what's this? Uh, they, they must have um, cracked the case on this. And you watch the video and you come away with more questions than you had before. There's no definitive answers. There's no proof of anything making you feel worse about whatever you're doing. And uh, there's a lot of that. But what I want to say is the, I, I I like and respect all the people of all these channels that we mentioned today all the videos. I love rants. I love rants that are about like, like Theo did today where he went on a rant about PSA, whether I agree with it or not is not the point. I enjoyed the video because he's expressing his opinion about a company in the hobby, which that's fair game, right? You're not, you're not taking shots at like a person. It's not a personal shot. You're calling someone out. Like for me, that's, that's crap. I don't want anything to do with that. And I don't want to watch anything about that stuff because that's not why I'm here. But To criticize a a company in the hobby on an an opinion, totally fine. And I think that's what a big reason what makes YouTube fun and why I I like being on YouTube is those type of videos. Again, whether I completely disagree or not is not even the point. Um, I just like that we're all able to share our opinions about this stuff, you know, whether it's about who's a better player or what the better set is or what the better grading company is or whatever. I love that stuff. And I hope I hope people keep making those because opinions are great and um we all have them and it doesn't mean if you have a different opinion about PSA than someone else doesn't mean you can't be great friends right like there's no there's no reason why so I just want to say that too because the people uh are the best part about YouTube and um no matter what happens in the industry or whatever like that's nothing can change that so that's it long video we're right at the hour mark um we could have, I could go another hour on this stuff, but, and maybe we will at some point, but um that was all I had. That's all I got on that for now. What about you? You good?
1: Yeah, I'm good. That was well said. Adam.
0: appreciate that, it. That was good. Uh, so was really keep, cool. the rant, keep the rant videos coming guys though, like about, about companies and stuff. Like I like those. So, and I'll, I'll try to make my own here and there. I've done it in the past. So um, nothing wrong with that, but guys, Thanks for watching um, episode 11 in the books of turn back the clock. Dylan, uh, I always enjoy talking with you every, every time I get a chance to do that, I feel better about where I'm at in the hobby about my collection and uh, just better about my decision to be on YouTube uh, and have a podcast. So um, that that's what, for me, that that keeps me grounded when I talk with people, when I, I notice when I go too long without talking with, with someone like you, I start to get a little negative because I think, there's so much of that stuff out there that it can really take you off course. So that's it guys, Dylan. Thanks, man. I appreciate you taking another hour out of your time to talk with me. This makes, makes, uh, makes my week really. And, um, guys, anyone who watched this long to watch the whole video, I can't thank you enough. It means so much. So guys, we'll be back with episode 12 in about a couple of weeks, maybe even sooner. Dylan, anything, any last words? No, that was
1: awesome. Thanks.
0: Adam.